I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. Hey friends, it's Sarah, host of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. And this is the third episode of our best year ever series, which is a bonus series that I am airing every Thursday during the month of January. Now, this week, I am talking with Bree Belden from Nutrition for Teachers, and we talked all about how to prioritize your nutritional health in this new year. Now, Bree is a registered dietitian who specializes in helping overwhelmed teachers create a healthy lifestyle in super easy and practical ways. And one of the things that I loved about this interview is hearing Bree talk about how we don't need to be on a diet or a specific program in order to be healthy or have more energy. I think understanding how to create a nutritional plan that works for the teacher lifestyle is so important. I mean, as teachers, we often have schedules that prevent us from drinking enough water or eating at normal times, if we even have time to eat at all during the day. And maybe more importantly, we have a job that requires us to be fully on and energized throughout the entire day. So if you are wanting to prioritize your health in this new year, or if you're just looking for some practical and easy ways that you can create a nutritional plan that gives you energy and works within your teacher schedule, I think you're really going to enjoy listening to today's episode. Some of the things that come up in this interview are why we should avoid diets, how her super simple ABC strategy can help you find success starting any new healthy habit, and the benefit of slowing down and tackling our health goals one habit at a time. At the end of the episode, make sure you visit stellarteacher.com where you can find the show notes plus all the links mentioned by Brie during this episode. And if you enjoy this episode, please make sure you're following the podcast so that way you are the first to be notified each week when a new episode of the Stellar Teacher Podcast goes live. Now, let's jump over to the interview with Brie. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So 
Can you just go ahead and before we jump into the interview, give an introduction to my audience, let them know kind of who you are and what you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Bree. I am a registered dietitian and I work specifically with teachers. And I've been a dietitian for almost seven years now. I've worked in a bunch of different settings, but knew from the get-go that more of like the clinical hospital work wasn't really for me. And then in the clinics that I worked in, I found that teachers really stuck out as patients that I had. I worked actually more in diabetes education, so kind of in the education field a little bit. But one particular patient stuck out where we had been working together probably for almost a year. And one day she came into my office and she's like, Brie, I had the best day ever yesterday. She's like, I finally realized how much better my classroom management is because of these things that we've been doing. And I was really curious about that because my husband was a new teacher at the time. I think he'd been, you know, it was maybe his first or second year working in a public school. He had kind of been saying some of the same things or he's like, you know, like I really notice on the weeks when we do pack bear lunches and when I have my snacks and all of these things that, you know, like I try to do for myself and that we would do at home that he's like, I just, I feel better. And I'd kind of caught on to that. And then we moved overseas and I kind of was forced to create my own job, just living abroad and wanting to still work and do what I love. And then the idea of just focusing on teacher nutrition came to be, and that's where I am. I love that. So I have been in education my whole career, but I think if I could go back and redo it again, I would have done something in like the education or health space, just because I kind of like what you said, I've sort of discovered on my own that like when I eat well, when I exercise, like almost everything else in life seems to just align so much better. You know, it's like so much easier to manage stress. I've got so much more energy, like just those things are so much better. So I, I love people that support you know, a healthy lifestyle, especially with teachers. And I think it's so cool that, you know, teachers are sort of like your niche. So the whole purpose for having you on my podcast, we're doing this like new year, you know, resolution, self-care series really. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of teachers in my audience, a lot of people in general with the start of the new year tend to set goals around building healthy habits. I know I've always made resolutions about wanting to drink more water, you know, walk more during the day, eat less sugar, whatever it is. And so Knowing that teachers are kind of like your expertise, I would love to just hear what are some tips for teachers who are wanting to prioritize like health and wellness this year, you know, as they get started on their journey for 2022, what are some things that will help them be successful? Yeah. And I love that question because I think especially, you know, when I think of the school year, it goes in waves, right? Where there's, okay, like it's the end of winter break, a new year, feeling recharged after break. So you kind of get this like gung-ho all excited but I'm very cautious about that because, you know, I think we've all seen the statistics about New Year's resolutions, right? Where they, they don't really work out for the majority of people. I can t- tell you many failed resolutions that I've had, but yet year after year, I'm like, I'm going to set them and this year it's going to be different. Exactly. So that's kind of the first one is just to almost like take a step back and any of like the whole 30 or the quick fixes or the fads, you know, lately it's like intermittent fasting and keto of all of those of just to be very hesitant and like, yes, I'm a dietitian, but I am not a fan of dieting and I don't put my clients on diets and diets aren't part of what I do because they don't work. So to instead maybe like use this as a chance to stop that pattern 
of starting a new diet every year because well, where has that gotten you if you've done a new diet every single year and now you're doing another one? But then instead to figure out what works for you and where you can start with. And one tip I love like tying different things that I do in my programs into teaching things, but I say like, okay, like think of your ABCs. So the first step is if there's something you want to work on of, let's say the water goal, for example, can we use that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. This year I want to drink more water. Great. Love it. First step is I would say like, you need to have some awareness of where is it hard for you to drink water? Is it, you don't drink a drop of water once you get into the classroom? Is it in the evenings? Is it weekends? Is it because you don't like the taste? Just to like really kind of figure out, okay, what is going on? And then once you have that down, then the next step I like to go to is balance. So instead of going all or nothing, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to go from drinking a glass of water a day to seven bottles of water a day, you know, might not be the most realistic (laughs) way to go about it. So to figure out just like what that balance could look like for you and figure out, like, especially for teachers with the water, like balancing it throughout the day is so, so important because you can't just get up and go to the bathroom whenever you need. Mm-hmm. Golly, I feel like I was like constantly dehydrated when I was in the classroom. It was so unhealthy, but like almost like we had no choice. I know I've come across the words intentional dehydration so many times. <laughs> it breaks my heart. So that. So first you got to have some awareness of like what you want to work on. Second is figure out how it can be balanced within the context of a realistic day. And then the third thing is consistency. Cause I know teachers also, when it comes to their eating habits and health habits, like the consistency aspect is such a challenge because you might have a week where it's easier and then it's conferences or then it's PDs or, you know, then it's these crazy things that come up where then it it falls to the wayside. So really focusing on like, okay, how can you build it into a consistent habit and working on one habit at a time is what I really encourage instead of being like, it's the balance idea instead of all in or all out, because it's just going to set you up for failure for most people. Okay. I love all of these like ABC things and somebody, you know, like I said, I've always had an interest in just like health and exercising. And it's something that like, I like to read about, but I've never thought about it. You know, I know the whole like consistency thing and like, I have a tendency to be an all or nothing type of person. I'm learning more balance, but the awareness part of it, like I'm thinking back to like a lot of like goals that I have set in the past. And I feel like sometimes I set like health goals or exercise goals that probably aren't even like something that I need to work on because like I've never actually paid attention to like, is this something that needs to be a focus? Or if I am trying to drink more water or eat less sugar, like when is that a challenge for me? So I love that even those three tips, like that right there is so helpful for me. And I know it'll be like super helpful for teachers as well. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, I think the big part of, you know, as we get into the new year and working on our habits. So like, okay, if you want to do something new, maybe you should try it a little bit differently this time. Yeah. I know you've got a bunch of tips to like share with teachers, but I want to kind of go back and you talked about this, how like we shouldn't diet, you know, and just the whole, like the programs. Again, I feel like I'm always like, Oh, like, let me try this, this fad, this diet. And all those things that you listed, I've done the whole 30 I've done intermittent fasting. I've done all of those sort of like programs, but like, how should we then, you know, if it's this idea of in order for us to like really pursue a healthy lifestyle, how do we sort of like avoid or ignore those diets? And like, how do we need to view this instead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would start by disclaimer. I was just like, everybody is different. Some people find that these sorts of programs and plans work for them, but research shows that for the majority of people long-term, they don't. And especially for teachers where I find is dieting, it, it can be a source of stress, not only because it's for the most part, probably restricting how much energy you're getting or the amount of nutrients, right? If you're cutting out food groups, 
that's limiting the amount of nutrients you're getting for your body. So, you know, when you're under enough stress to begin with, we don't need the way that you're eating to be another source of stress. And then where the first step is really to realize like, why has this not worked in the past or why might this not be the best choice? And then the second thing for teachers is it's just, it's one more set of rules you have to follow, right? Where, you know, you have all these things from admin and parents, you know, like all of these things that you're responding to and dealing with and, you know, especially over the past few years of just the amount of stress and things that you have had to have added to your plate. Like, do you really need to worry about if a food is good or bad or if it's off limits, right? Whereas it's just one more way where then if we find that we are confined by these rules, then we want to rebel against it, right? We're like, oh, like I just need a cheat day or, oh, I was bad today. Where again, it's like, it really gets down that consistency where it's not sustainable. And I think it causes more stress and it's not a research practice. And I know teachers, you know, you love things that are evidence-based and best practice and all of that. We're like, from a dieting standpoint, that's, that's not the way to go about it. So the first step is just like, let go of that. Like, you know what? I can try it. If it works great. If not, like that's okay, because they're not really designed to work long-term. It's so funny. I'm just, <laughs> as you're talking about this, I'm like, it totally makes sense, right? Like there's all of these rules. And then at some point, like the rules aren't going to work for like normal life, right? You know, they might work most of the time, but I don't know, for whatever reason, we like to rebel against the rules or the sort of like boundaries. So like if teachers are like, okay, cool, like forget the programs, but I feel like the programs sort of provide guidance and structure. So how can we get that sort of guidance or structure? And I'm definitely curious for myself here. Like, how can I sort of pursue these healthy goals without a program telling me what is and what is not off limits? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm playing the devil's advocate. I, again, why I love working with teachers is you're really smart. For the most part, most of us probably know what we should be eating more of and less of, right? Like it's more vegetables, less sugar. <laughs> exactly. It's it's not it's not brain science. Yes, like nutrition is very nuanced and stuff, but for the majority of people, it it is pretty simple. And that's where what it comes down to is again just working on that habit aspect of figuring like one at a time. Like for teachers, what's really important is that things are easy, that it's quick and like repeatable, because it also should be it one less thing you have to worry about. So for that guidance and for that structure, most of my clients that I have them work on is like one meal at a time of, okay, if breakfast is a challenge, let's work on breakfast, get some solid recipes down and routines down so that you're starting your day fueled. Once you get that down, great. Now let's work on lunch, how can create some lunchtime strategies, whether you're grabbing school lunch or packing lunch or ordering something, you know, like how can we make that easy? And then work on dinners and snacks and we, you know, like kind of, again, like having that structure of one thing at a time and just figuring out what works for you because it, and that's where also diets fail because they're, they're not very custom, right? Where, you know, if you're a busy mom with kids running around, the way you eat should look different than that single teacher who has a lot more time to spare and, you know, they're cooking for one person, right? So finding out what strategies work best for you and then building it into your day so that it becomes structure and it becomes routine, but you're doing it because it's coming from what works for you and your body. I love that. Especially how, I mean, how you even said things like if you are ordering lunch, like make that strategy work for you. And you're right. As teachers, like we should know because we customize our instruction for our students. But, you know, I think like in some cases we feel like, okay, let me like, here's a program that is being advertised and it works whatever. So let me like make myself fit into this box, even though like whatever the program is, isn't maybe going to like work for my lifestyle. So I just love that sort of like that there is flexibility and whatever your lifestyle is, you can make that work. 
Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode with some exciting news. Guess what? I've opened the doors for the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership for all of January, 2022. The Stellar Teacher Reading Membership is a growing resource library that will give you the no prep lessons, tools, and support you need so that you can get back to putting your energy into what you're actually meant to do, teaching. It is literally a one-stop shop created for reading teachers just like you. And you want to know the best part? We are adding new resources every single month. So if you want to start the new year off with less planning, less prepping, and more support, head to stellarteacher.com slash membership to learn more. I can't wait for you to join us. And until then, have a stellar January. So, and again, when you're talking about like, well, let's just tackle one, one meal at a time, one habit at a time. I feel like that's so hard this time of year because I don't know for whatever reason it is, maybe we're like coming off the indulgence of like the holidays, but there's almost this like sense of urgency. Like I have to get my health in order by the end of January. Like I need to have it all figured out. Any tips or advice for teachers who are like feeling just really sort of like, ah, I was horrible over the winter break. And now I'm like, need to get back on track. And I don't have time to just do one meal at a time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, go for it. If you know, like, <laughs> but if you're going to go all in, like you're going to have to meal prep, you're going mm. to have to do your shopping and cooking, and you're going to have to do stuff on the weekends because if it comes to Thursday and you're like, okay, now we have to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I just find that it could work, but for most people, it's just, it's just too much on your plate to have to work on making every meal perfect and healthy and balanced and doing that every day, day after day. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes effort and often that's not what teachers have left at the end of the day. You're right. We definitely need like more energy, which is why prioritizing health is important. I heard you talk to us about this idea of like the meal prep or like preparing ahead of time or like tackling one meal at a time. Like what are some tips or strategies that you have for teachers, especially if they're new or never done meal prep or like haven't even thought about, I don't know how to cook, you know, or Mm -hmm. how do you get started with that then? Well, first of all, don't get overwhelmed by what you see on Instagram and Pinterest. Right. You know what I mean? Those pictures of where it's like a whole table spread full of meals for the week. Oh yeah. They're like, I've cooked a month worth of food in like 30 minutes yeah. for less than $50. And I'm like, this is unrealistic. No, no. So yeah. What like my biggest tip for meal prep is to, again, start small, figure out like if there is a meal that you like, or, you know, is going to work for you. Some people are very happy with eating the same thing for lunch every day. Other people refuse to eat leftovers. Other people love leftovers. There's basically, I'd say, three different ways that I recommend meal prepping. Number one is leftovers. So just if you're making something, especially for families, make a little bit more, put it in containers. That's your lunch or dinner for the next day, right? The second way would be to do more of like an intentional structured meal prep, or maybe you're making like a soup or a stew or some sort of like breakfast casserole or overnight oats. I know are great for teachers, right? Of like making one recipe, making maybe three or four portions of it. Big tip with that though, is food safety. Mm. Not letting it go for too long. Make sure it's cooled and stored correctly because you don't, you don't have to use a sick day. Oh, yeah. No yeah. kidding. You don't want to get like food poisoning from your overnight oats. Exactly. So that, so you can use leftovers. You can do like an intentional like recipe kind of in bulk prep or what some people prefer to do if they find that they get bored of eating the same thing after a few days or they don't love the tastes of leftovers is to do more, I don't know, I haven't quite figured out how to, the right word to use, but basically you would maybe make 
say a batch of like crock pot shredded chicken is a great staple in our house because then you can throw it in a burrito bowl. Mm. You can throw it on a salad. You can throw it in a wrap or sandwich of, you know, making a few staple ingredients or some roasted veggies. Or I have one client where she loves, she just makes this like massive salad that takes up a whole shelf in her fridge and she'll put all her greens and veggies and stuff in there and then just pull from that and add that to different things she's cooking or add it aside where, you know, we, if you have these kind of staple ingredients ready, then part of the meal is already prepped and then you just have to kind of adapt it. I love it. That's smart. It's like, as you're talking, I'm like, this is a lot like lesson planning. Like we have to plan ahead. Like, what are we teaching? When, how are we teaching it? It's like the same idea. Like, what am I eating? When am I eating it? How am I eating it? How does that fit into, you know, the energy and my overall like goals, which I would love to sort of like, just pick your brain a little bit about again. Like I know when I eat healthy, more like vegetables, less processed food, more water, less alcohol. Like I feel so much better. How do teachers sort of like go about trying to like dial in the sort of like, I don't know if there's such a thing as like the perfect meal plan or like, cause again, you've said like, it's different for every person and we have to have that sort of awareness. So how do we pay attention to, or notice like what foods we should eat more of or less of? Well, I would say first is if it is something that you have struggled with or, you know, tried different things and haven't worked or even different medical things going on, especially always work with a registered dietitian. There are so many brilliant dietitians out there who specialize in different things. You know, maybe it's PCOS or blood sugar control or even just, you know, nutrition for moms like that, you know, like I'm nutrition for teachers, right? Like there's, there's so many brilliant dietitians out there who that's what they do, right? And a huge thing that I tell teachers is, for your nutrition to work, you have to do two things. You either have to automate it, right? Make it easy. It's just what you do. You don't have to think about it or you have to delegate it. So, you know, where it's like, I have so much on my plate, Brie, I don't have the capacity to figure out to eat. Great. Have someone help you because that's their job. And often it is covered by insurance if there is a medical diagnosis, you know, or something you're struggling with. So that's a huge benefit to working with a dietitian. That's awesome. I didn't even think about like the fact that if you have some sort of like underlying medical issue that you could get, insurance to cover like a dietitian to help support that. So that's a, yeah, just like a really helpful thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'd say that would be step one, if it's available and accessible to you is just, you know, have, have a professional help you figure it out. And then I would say the second step would probably be to, again, go back to the basics of finding balanced plates. And there are awesome blogs out there and recipes of just trying again, like one recipe, one meal at a time to figure out okay, like I know I should eat more vegetables, but how can I do that? Of You know, finding a soup recipe that has 10 veggies in it, if that's what's going to work for you, go for that and and not making it too complicated. Yeah. The whole like simplicity thing. I think like maybe it's just me. So maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but I feel like this is teachers of my audience too. It's like, we like to overcomplicate things. All of these things you shared, I'm like, oh yeah, like this is so simple. Like we can do this, but we just, for whatever reason, want to make it like more complicated than it needs to be. Right. And, and I get it. Like often when I think back to simplicity and, you know, it does come back to just like eating more. I don't love the, like definitely not like clean foods, but just more natural. Okay. Like thirds, veggies, whole grains, proteins, you know, and if you choose to do more plant-based or include meat, you know what, that's okay. There's no judgment anywhere, but unfortunately with those foods where if you do bring nutrition back to being more simple, those do often take more prep and planning and it is more labor intensive, but that's where I so miss the grocery stores in the US because I was I was just back home last week and seeing all like the frozen veggies you can buy and the veggies that are already cut up. And I love different products that are now made with like higher fiber and higher protein, different ingredients, stuff where like you can find these convenience items 
of just figuring out how to make it work for you based off what's available and accessible. I love that. What about teachers who, or just people in general, because I know I've got maybe a few people in the audience who are teachers, most of them are teachers though. But you know, if it's like, okay, well, I've tried in the past, like whatever it is, or I've tried to make my health a habit, like I just, I can't make it work. So I'm giving up people who maybe sort of like feel defeated about trying to make like healthy changes, but like not having succeeded in the past. Like what advice would you have for those people? Well, I think the first one is to have some compassion for yourself. And like, you know, teaching is such a giving profession and it's such a hard job where if because of that, unfortunately, like your health has been impacted, it's okay. It's a product of the environment you're in and it's not a personal fault by any means. And then the second step is I always say, well, I think often what teachers need more of in their life is they need more control. Mm. It's so defeating when you realize that your health is at a place where it is impacting every other aspect of your life. But for the most part, our health is something that we do have some degree of control over, or at least how we are impacting it. So a lot of it is just working on your mindset and how you approach it. So it's like, I just can't do it. Like that's never worked for me. It's just, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't know where to start. We're like, it's okay if that's where you're at. And again, I just start with like, maybe it's not your eating. Maybe it's your exercise. Maybe it's your sleep. It's sometimes it's not about the food. It's often about these other aspects. Well, then if you can get one thing going, if you can get, you know, if you're sleeping four hours a night, if you can get up to five hours a night, awesome. Work with that. And then, you know, finding just these other, like I call them like little wins, like find different wins. And then often from those wins are things that maybe are more relevant or more important to you then that'll give you more capacity to maybe start to work on your health or different habits that you would like to, but just seem out of reach right now. I love it. I seriously, and as you're like going through, I'm like, I'm going to go back and listen to this episode and jot down all of these suggestions and strategies that you've shared because they've been so helpful. And again, like this is coming from someone who like, I, I enjoy these things. This stuff is interesting to me. I know like not everybody has like an interest in like health, but I just find this to be like, so incredibly helpful. Any last final sort of like tips or suggestions for teachers as they think about like taking control of their health this next year? If there's one thing I think for teachers, it's really important to do what you can earlier in the day because often teachers, one thing they tend to come to me wanting help with is like the evenings where it's like, I get hungry and I'm having multiple servings of dinner or I can't stop snacking or I want, you know, one glass of wine turns into a bottle of wine, right? Where it's it, that evening spiral can be so challenging for teachers because that's finally the time where you can just like decompress, process what happened during the day. And often we use food to help us kind of wind down, right? But one of the best things you can do is to then work on your mornings because whether it's drinking water or breakfast or getting some form of movement in, of just starting by fueling your body and doing what you can earlier in the day. And even if that means getting up a little bit earlier, changing your routines or, you know, becoming a breakfast eater, if you're not a breakfast eater, but the more you can fuel your body during the day, not only will you have more energy and more focus and more patience, and like I said, like classroom management, like it's amazing what happens when you fuel your body. Right. But I find that teachers are so undernourished and underfueled, especially earlier in the day, which leads to that evening spiral. That is, that's hitting home. Cause I mean, I remember it's like, I timed it perfectly when I was in the classroom to where I could wake up and be out of the door, you know, showered, dressed, like ready to go coffee in hand at like, you know, with 18 minutes because I didn't want to get up any earlier. And then it's like, I drink my coffee on the way to work. I didn't eat breakfast. I maybe had like an energy bar or something. And most of the time I wouldn't eat lunch because I'm planning and prepping and I would eat whatever snacks were available. But then it's like, I get home at the end of the day and 
not only am I like starving, but I'm also like so stressed <laughs> from just like the day that it would be all bets are off, you know, eat a whole pizza, drink a whole bottle of wine. My husband and I used to keep the cube of peanut M&Ms from Costco in our pantry. And I learned that that was like, not something that I can have around, but I just think about it, it's like, okay, how would my, how would my teaching, how would my just like personal life had been better? Had I been able to give myself a little more time in the morning, like eat breakfast, drink water, like stop and eat lunch. So I love that idea of like, start at the beginning of the day to set yourself up for success. Man, so many good little tips that you have shared. I love this. If my audience does not already connect with you or know who you are or follow you, how can they you know, find you on the internet? Where's the best place to get in touch with you? Yeah. So I mostly post things on Instagram and you can find me at nutrition for teachers. And we will definitely link to that in the show notes. So that way, yeah, my audience can connect with you because like I've said, if teachers are wanting to prioritize their health, I just think that you've got so many great tips and strategies to share. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I cannot wait to share this episode with my audience. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week. 